Oh, I was putting off recording this episode. I really was. All I wanted to do was go on a Google Maps holiday and travel the streets of a nice little Italian town. I wanted to procrastinate. Patrick snapped me out of it. Uh, Pat is the author of How to Be a Better Procrastinator. And in this episode, he's going to help us come to terms with our time wasting. I love this chat. We talk about what procrastination is, if social media is to blame, or is there more to it than that? We also chat crap jobs and how to overcome procrastination. Uh, check out the links in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod. Let's get to it. Hi, Patrick. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I was just, I don't know, I was just like scrolling down some social media and looking out of the window and not wrong, really wanting to do anything. I was procrastinating, you know. Yeah, most of us are these days. Um, so I'm really fascinated in chatting about procrastination with you because you've written a book about this. Um, and um, I want to get kind of like your your ideas on on what it is, how we can solve the problem. Um, but first of all, let me give me let me give you 30 seconds uh, to kind of tell everybody about yourself, starting about now. Alrighty. Uh, I'm an organizational consultant uh, located in the East Coast near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, we have a small firm, about five people. And most of our work is done in the higher education space in the nonprofit sector. But we've worked with organizations like Apple and Google and Microsoft and GE over the last uh, many years. Fantastic. Got a website? Give it a yes, plug. Yes, it's called the my last name, the Sanahan Group, S-A-N-A-G-H-A-N Group.com. Fantastic. Um, what I'll do is I'll stick a link to the website in the show notes and folks can can tap on on that. Right. Uh, you've written a book on procrastination. T- t- tell us a little little bit about that and what, sure, why, you did it, why, did, why you did it. Yeah, well, I've been wrestling with procrastination for uh, a long time. And um, COVID hit a, a couple of years ago and mm. I had a lot more time in my office. I was on the road for 150, 160 days a year before that. So I found myself in my office with boxes and boxes of articles on procrastination because it's something I've always wrestled with. It's usually around uh, things that are detailed, like uh, invoices. And, you know, you do an invoice for a client. You have to figure out the mileage and the the, uh, hotel bill, the airplane bill. And I I find that uh, very difficult to pay attention. (laughs) So I continue to put it off, even though, you know, you fill out your invoice, you get paid. So it feels a little counterintuitive to people. Yeah, but um, the details drive me crazy, so I have to figure out how to push through that and 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 do it. Yeah, and how did you how did you get over it? Well, you know, it, the the premise of the book is you learn to manage it. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not a psychologist; I have a doctorate, but uh, it's not in psychology. And sure. a psychiatrist or psychologist say, you know, well, you got to go to therapy, and you know, emotionally you're immature and low impulse control, and I think those labels are not very helpful. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of strategies and practices you can use uh, to manage the habit. And can I share a couple of those right now? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the three most powerful ones, I was writing my dissertation about 30 years ago. And what I was doing, I was reading my dissertation, right? Yeah. I kept on reading research and not writing. Yeah. And my, uh, my chair said, Pat, uh, you got one more year because I've had two extensions now. He's got one more year to write this thing or you're done. Yeah. So very stressful. And I said, I got to change something. 
And so I asked three of my colleagues who had finished their dissertations, which is always a smart idea to talk to someone who's done something. Yeah. And each one of them had uh, strategies. And the three strategies I used to push through, and I still use them today, one is that you have to make your progress visible. Right. So anytime you've got to check, every morning I have a yellow sheet of paper with five or six things to do. And every time I do something, like talking to you, I will check that off after I'm done. Yeah. With a big, bold marker. So making your progress visible is very powerful. Chewable chunks. A lot of times I got caught into this notion I had to sit down for three and four and five hours and punch through this. Yeah. And it's not a good strategy. So chewable chunks of 30 minutes, take a 10-minute break, come back for 30 minutes, take a 10-minute break. And over time, you will accomplish a lot. Yeah. And then the third one was was kind of counterintuitive, and I resisted it. But all three of the people who finished their dissertations told me rewards are really important. Mm. And I said, well, shouldn't I be more mature than that? Do I really need a reward? Yeah. And they said to a person, yes, you do. And yeah. so one guy would, uh, if he finished the chapter, he would go on a golf weekend. Right. Uh, each one of them had some little rewards that they did. And some of these can be very small. It could be a walk with a friend. It could be reading a mystery. It could have a latte or a glass of wine. But rewards after you've done something, especially yeah. something that's pretty difficult, is a very smart strategy. Yeah. You've still got to have some form of self-discipline with that, though, haven't you? Because you could think to yourself, well, sorry, I'll just go and have the golf weekend. Right, right. Yeah, you got yeah. Yes, exactly. You have to say, yeah, you have to commit to yourself saying, yeah, I'll, I'll work for 30 minutes and I'll take a little bit of a break and I have a little bit of reward. Yes, yeah, you yeah. just don't reward yourself to reward yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how would you describe what procrastination is? And I suppose there's different levels of it as well, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, it's a very mean little habit, you know, mm. because it's so it feels so simple. It, really what happens is there's usually a task that you don't want to do. Yeah. You don't procrastinate around good things and fun things and birthday parties, right? Yeah. And you and what happens is you get very emotional, you get anxious, you get stressed, you get overwhelmed. I've got to write a book. Oh, my God, how am I going to do that? Yeah. And then if you step away from the task, and this is where the hook is, you step away from doing the task, whether it be cleaning your desk or the garage or painting the house, and all, automatically you feel better. It is yeah. absolutely powerful. You feel relaxed. You yeah. feel less stressed. And that's the hook. That's the little addiction. Yeah. So that's the thing that you've got to kind of manage. And that's the hard part to manage. Do you, do you think procrastination strikes more when projects seem too big? Yes, exactly. It's a great question because it gets overwhelming. I've written 12 books. Yeah. And a, book's a, big, I'm, a book is a big project, right? It's a big project. And it's a bunch of little chapters. And it's yeah. a bunch of little outlines. And you got to take it one step at a time and not think about the whole thing. So some people, uh, they clean out their garage and they, you know, they open up the door and they get overwhelmed. They say, oh, yeah. my Lord, it, it's just too much. Well, just spend 30 minutes yeah. cleaning up a couple of things. Come back with it next week. And in a couple of months, you'll have a cleaner garage. Can I tell you a quick story about garages? Yeah. Tell me a quick story. Yeah. So I got a guy who calls me about four years ago and, and his wife was, you know, upset because he was a collector of, of stuff. Yeah. They couldn't put in uh, their car in the two car garage. And he said, uh, every time I open up the door, Pat, I, I just I get overwhelmed and I just shut it down. Yeah. So I said, well, is there somebody in the neighborhood that has a crowded garage like you do? And he said, yeah, a guy Bob across the street has the same thing, but he's got a three car garage. And I said, well, here's a suggestion. You get a six pack of beer. You knock on his door and you say, listen, Bob, I'd like to buy you a beer and help you with your garage cleaning for an hour. Yeah. As long as you're willing to come back and help me next week for an hour and you can buy me a beer. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Well, who's going to, who's going to turn that down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it's 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 chewable chunks. It's you know an hour on a Saturday. It's yeah. making it social activity. You get somebody else to do a noxious task with you, and these little strategies. In three months, they had uh, no, they didn't have perfect garages, but their garages they could actually park their cars in. Yeah, because because when you've got the space, you tend to fill it. Yes, right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, do you think social media is to blame with all this procrastination at the moment, or, or has it been around forever? Well, it's been around forever. The Stoics 2,000 years ago talked about you know, procrastination. They didn't yeah. use the word, but uh, they talked about you know focusing on today and not worrying about tomorrow and yeah, getting yeah, yeah. done what you need to do. But the social media is an attention grabber. And it just sucks a lot of attention from you. And it's also interesting. See, that's the seduction of it. Yeah. I can go on social media and learn a whole lot in a half an hour and, and not be doing the task I need to do. So the sure. social media is a big distractor. Yeah. And and it was designed to grab, get your attention, wasn't it? I mean, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's doing its job. Yep. It's, there's a great book called Irresistible. And mm. boy, you read that. It's only a couple of years old. But boy, it's scary how they really designed this to you know mess with our brains and get us addicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. One thing I found is is ditching the social media helps. I ditched it some time ago. I, I, I didn't ditch it because I was feeling it was taking too much time. I actually became bored with it. I don't know whether yeah. that, yeah. I, I was just seeing the same stuff or same type of stuff just being regurgitated. And it was actually, and I was thinking to myself, I don't get any entertainment value out of it. I don't really learn anything because right. it, it's just, garbage boilerplate type conversations which are being had um and and i ditch it and i feel much better you know i feel yep. better yeah that's a big one i mean if you can do that in a consistent basis you'll be very productive one of the things we talk to some of our clients is if you take your smartphone or your iphone and you put it in another room for 15 minutes yeah and you will focus on what you need to do and what you do is you build yourself up in 15 minute increments to an hour and people say, well, is an hour enough? An hour of very focused time, you'll be very, very productive. Yeah. And also think, I don't know whether the ballpark has been lowered so much by kind of like what entertains us. I mean, if you remember like before social media, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd read a good book or we'd watch a movie or we'd watch a TV show or we'd watch right. something. And there would be actual, there would be some form of quality to it, even if it was a soap, a rubbish soap. that It would still be right. of some sort of quality. It, it's you know, it would be much better quality than just like watching a monkey climbing out of a well all day or something, which is just right. like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like TikTok and all these Instagrams and all these other things just capture our attention. It's kind of mindless. So what, what I do is is ask everybody who comes on, on the podcast the same three questions. And the first one is, what's your number one productivity tip? Something you give to absolutely everybody. There's something called temptation bundling. Right. And uh, what that is, is when you have a task you don't like to do, let's say like cleaning the garage in my example earlier, then you make it a social activity. You pair it with something that you like. So this guy, Bob, went across the street and he talked to the guy and he made this social activity. Yeah. If you don't like to do the dishes, play music while you're doing the dishes. If you don't yeah. like to exercise, play your favorite music while you're running or you're walking or walk with a friend. Yeah. If you can bundle something nice with something that's noxious, you usually can do it. I like that. Yeah, I like that idea a lot, to be fair, because it helps us get through those tasks which we really don't want to do. Exactly. And that's the key. Uh, that absolutely is the key, John, is we don't have to like the task. The job yeah. is to finish it. 
So why do you think folks procrastinate? Even when they know the task is important, even when they know they've got to do it, why do you think they still, you know, wander off looking out the window? Yeah, they they can't. Well, for the noxious tasks, like my income tax, I do my income tax return. No one likes to do that, by the way. No, no. And uh, but 20 to 25 percent, at least of the American public adults have procrastination as a big habit. So that's tens of millions of people. Yeah. And uh, the income tax return in our country had to be, I think it's April the 15th is the deadline. And about half the people do it on April the 14th, right? <laughs> yes. So they delay and they delay because it's such a noxious task. And, yeah. uh, you know, some people think it's by design because the IRS in our country makes billions of dollars on late fees. Yeah. And so it's like what I do, the income tax, I start in early in February and I watch sports while I'm doing my taxes. Now, it takes me two and three times longer but it's a temptation bundling concept. I still get it done and it's not as noxious. And so years yeah. and years ago, I had to pay penalties for lateness yeah. and I haven't paid a penalty in 20 years. Yeah. Do, do you think getting somebody else to do those horrible tasks could be a bit of a plan? Oh, absolutely. If you can delegate to somebody, we call it peer delegation. I don't like yeah. to do this and you don't like to do that. Well, I'll take that and you take my stuff. Yeah, because I mean, if, if you don't want to do your taxes... Because um, you, you just hate doing it and it takes too much time. You could hire an accountant. They might charge you a few hundred pounds, dollars, oh, yeah, euros. They'll, they'll, but, you know, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll do it for you. They'll do it for you, but you have to have it organized. You just can't get – I mean, you can give them a, a, a couple of boxes of receipts and that will cost you a fortune. <laughs> a shoebox so of receipts, So you have to get receipts, it kind of organized yeah. in, in some kind of fashion. But you're right. I have an accountant. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a math person. In fact, that's one of the things I procrastinate around is doing math. Yeah. So I give it to somebody else, but I have to organize it so he can do the work. Yeah, I did. I made that mistake many, many, many years ago, 20 plus years ago. I turned up to the accountant with a whole bunch of box of receipts and everything. <laughs> right. And then he sent me a bill a few weeks later. And since that bill, I've um, I've done it myself. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, but if you can delegate, like I do a lot of writing, but I'm not good at editing my work. Sure. So a good friend of mine loves to edit. He loves punctuation and periods and semicolons, whatever those things are. Yeah. So I give that to him. He does all the punctuation, and then he gives me his writing, and I give him feedback on the content. Does it make sense? Does it flow right? Is it interesting? And things like that. So yeah. that's been a marriage of talents for almost 20 years. Yeah. Do you think one of the reasons we tend to procrastinate a lot nowadays is because a lot of our jobs are, are crap, that they're highly structured, um, that the company gives us a checklist, that the company actually dissuades us from using our brain and our own initiative and our own intelligence. They just want you to stick to it, doing it this way, like that, because we know what bottom line we can get out of it. And that is soul-destroying, isn't it? So do you, do you think oh. this plays a part? Oh, absolutely. If you have a boring task, then you start wandering all over the place, you keep on putting it off. Yeah, it, 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 it's not ennobling. It's not something that makes you feel like you're achieving stuff. So I, I agree. I think the way people's jobs are structured, not everyone, but a lot of them, yeah. they're just boring. And then people just, they're just not motivated. Yeah. Because the folks I've spoken to over the years who seem to be more switched on and more active are people who've got jobs that are actually quite interesting and quite, um, you know, those sort of jobs where you you can't not procrastinate. A surgeon, for example, can't go wandering off and checking social media halfway through an operation, for example. So, <laughs> right, that, right. so that they tend to be quite, that they don't tend to procrastinate as much. But a, a surgeon friend of mine procrastinates when he's doing the paperwork, right? Because yes, that's, that's exactly. the boring part of it. And that's I remember my, my, back in my old days of working on the radio and that, I would have a four hour show and I wouldn't, I couldn't procrastinate during that four hours. 
Right. So, so I don't know whether having a job which doesn't allow you to procrastinate because something horrible will happen. I don't know whether that helps at all. Well, that, that, that's interesting because the only difference they've seen in the research between what I, we would call white collar workers or professional class, you mm. know, and working class plumbers, you know, electricians and bricklayers, the professional class tends to procrastinate more because a lot more freedom. Right. You got a plumber, he or she comes into the door and they're charging by the hour 150 bucks an hour and they, they got a punch list and they move things through. Yeah. So the blue collar workers tend to procrastinate less than the white collar workers. Really? Yeah. I, now, that was kind of a counterintuitive finding for me. Yeah. I'd have thought it had been the other way around. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, if I'm your boss and I give uh, give you a little assignment, it's, oh, let me see in a couple of days, how, see how you're doing. You could goof off for two days and then the third day you can actually do the work. But when you look at a plumber's job for example um i would imagine there's quite a it's quite varied there's a there's oh yeah a, yeah you, you know that there is that variation isn't there it's not just sat there just churning out the same rubbish every day for a pay oh, packet yeah. yeah every job can be different you know you can yeah. have a flooded basement or a stopped toilet or something broken a pipe you can't yeah. find so there is a little variety diversity and variety are very important yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And would you recommend people, because I do, definitely, I, I, would you recommend people to change their jobs if they find their jobs utterly soul-destroyingly boring? Absolutely. Mm. Life is very short. And, it is. You know, and some people get trapped into that and they put 10 years or 12 years into something and, you know, they're heading towards retirement. I understand that. But, boy, purpose and meaning are so important. They really get motivating. And there's too many people in jobs that don't really push them intellectually or emotionally or even spiritually. Yeah. Do, do you think this is a, I mean, there's a lot of information style workers nowadays. Do you think that, do you see them suffering more than others? Like folks maybe in the marketing world or in call centers or just, you know, writers, journalists, copywriters, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that the the, the creative people like the writers and journalists and things like that, they, they tend to procrastinate less. Call centers are just hellish places yeah. and I, years yeah. ago i helped the call center become more efficient but i think those it's like poor not poor people but it's, i just feel sorry for them because you're sitting there listening to people yeah. yell and scream and complain all the time that that's a hard job that's a very 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 hard job the other ones are more creative and more inspiring yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah i, I suppose procrastination can be quite dangerous as well you you can lose your job lose friends Oh, absolutely. You can, you can not apply for the, the job. You can't, uh, you don't finish your degree or your certificate. I mean, you keep on putting off asking for a raise, all those kinds of things. And with your health, I mean, I have a, a buddy of mine who's, um, uh, does colonoscopies. He's a, he's a doctor. Yeah. And he says people will put off doing a colonoscopy for decades. Yeah. Even though they have some evidence that they're in trouble yeah. Uh, they just it's a, such a noxious thing in their mind they blow it out of proportion and he gets about a 15 percent cancellation rate about the day before they're supposed to do the colonoscopy right yeah yeah yeah. And dentists report the same thing people cancel the last minute they just don't want to go through you know what they think might be painful yeah we're coming back to that same thing we spoke about earlier but not wanting to do something yes yeah you gotta you gotta find a hook somehow and that's where the rewards come in and Feeling like you've accomplished something with a with a checklist and things like that. All those little things can get things done. The second question I ask everybody is: is what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given by by someone else, like maybe a mentor or, or something like that? Well, you know, it had something to do with goals. Uh, the the uh, 
there's a guy named Robert, uh, I'm just trying to remember his name, won the Nobel Prize, Kahneman. Uh, he's written a number of books. Hmm. And uh, he says, we are very bad at estimating how hard and how long things will take. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, someone told me a long time ago, he says, cut your goals in half, Pat, and give yourself more time and you'll be very productive. Yeah. Because most of us are over aspirational. I'll do 10 things today. I used to have a, a 10 item to do list for years. Yeah. And then a colleague of mine said, why do you do 10 things or try? I said, well, I don't, I don't get 10 things done. I get to eight or yeah. nine. And then I feel like I failed. You know, yeah. can't get to 10. He said, I only have five things I do every day. You know, it's not little things. I mean, they're meaningful things. And yeah. I said, really? And he was a lot more successful than me. And I started doing that about 15 years ago. And I keep my list to five or six max. And it's much more reasonable. And I get done about 90% of the time when I'm supposed to get done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Definitely. I only keep three or four things on my to do list each day. And that's, yep. that's about it. And if I get all of those done, I might do something else, which, yes. is, which is great. And then I feel even better about myself. Um, Absolutely. But I could imagine if you've got 10 things on your list to do uh, and we're heading, we've got an hour left and you've done seven. That's when procrastination can hit because you then know you're never going to get 10, don't you? Exactly. And what, what happens when people have to be cautious of is they'll say, oh, I'll do them tomorrow, which is fine because you might do it tomorrow. Mm. But then you have 10 things plus three tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, now I got 13 things and you, by Friday, I'll have 21 things. Right. So that's where you have to be very disciplined and not add more, but make sure you do address the things you need to address, but not make your list longer and longer as the week progresses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what kind of strategies and techniques do you recommend folks use for kind of trying to overcome procrastination? We talked a little bit about it, but talk some more about what folks can do if they, if they know they're, pro they're procrastinating. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that are really helpful. Is there's a book called The Paradox of Choice, and it's, uh, it, it, it talks about decision-making. And at least in the American culture, we think that more is always better. Yeah. The more options I have and the more opportunities I have and the more yeah. choices I have, it's a better process. Yeah. And they're saying, no, 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 it isn't because more is not better most of the time. Yeah. And then if you have three choices, that's all you need to make some good decisions about 95% of the time. So when you go to decide something, you know, brainstorming a bunch of ideas initially could be helpful, but boiling it down to three choices is really, really important. Yeah, we are addicted to trying to get more done, aren't we? Yeah, it's it, and it, it, you pay a price for it. You never feel victorious. You feel stressed yeah. out. Yeah, like you said, you have three or four, and you feel very good if you do three or four. Yeah. It's I didn't used to. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, but that's only through learning. Because, because, like, if you'd have asked me when, like, like ten, fifteen years ago, I'd have probably had twenty things on my to do list, and every single day I'd have been there saying, "Oh, I haven't done it." I done it i've done it it'd be nine o'clock at night i'd still be working and i still hadn't done yes. it and then i was just so tired and my eyes were bleeding from staring at the screen and it was right. like i still haven't done everything on that list and it's yeah. oh you're just killing yourself aren't you some sometimes what's helpful there is have a thought partner who can kind of give you a reality check to say yeah. you know john these 11 things you, you, you can't do that in a day let's try try for the top five Sometimes yeah, yeah. getting somebody else's perspective on what's realistic. And if you're going to start a new thing, whatever that is, write a book, uh, paint a house, you know, fix the plumbing, talking to someone who's already done it, it can let, you know, lessen your learning curve dramatically because if it gets too big, you yeah. won't do it. Yeah. So, so learning you, from others is important. Are you quite a bit of a fan of chopping up big tasks into little ones? I call them chewable chunks. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and taking it small things at a time. And the thing with procrastinators is they get they think about the whole thing, and what they have to think about is what's the next step. Yeah. What's the next step in this process? That's all you have to think about. Almost like a waiter. He takes the order or she takes the order onto the next person. Just one thing, move it forward. Yeah. Do you find that if there is a goal or a deadline or something, a procrastinator tends to become, I suppose, ultra focused right before that deadline because they know they've got to hit it? Yes. In fact, a lot of what happens is a lot of the research actually on, on, uh, on procrastination is with college students in this country. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they've done studies, you know, semester is 15 weeks long. Here's the assignment at week one. And 90% <laughs> of the students on week 14 and a half, right, yeah. start start their assignments. And then they yeah. found that some of the professors that do it every every three weeks, they say, how's it going? What are you doing? Can I, how can I help? Those are the ones that get A's. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with doing it at the last minute, you really have very little quality control. You really can't yeah. re-edit your work. You're just yeah. punching it out and putting it in. And their grades get suffered almost by a whole grade. So instead of an A, you get a B. Yeah. And you, you might still hit the deadline. The work might yes. not be as good. I suppose the big worry is when there isn't a deadline and then the procrastination can literally last forever. Absolutely. If it's a far off deadline, you've got to make many deadlines. You've got to yeah. say wait, over the next year, you say, no, no, no. At the end of August, I need to have this done. By the end of yeah. September, I need to have this done. Yeah. Have productivity apps helped, do you think? Well, uh, I, I, I'm not a big techie, but I, I found that a, a couple of my colleagues use something called Freedom, which blocks the distracted websites. You know, if you, right. you have to know what the websites are, Freedom yeah. tends to work. And then Cold Turkey is a pretty good one. They block websites and apps. And like if you that. block them, now you got to set it up, right? That's yeah. the key. you got to set it up. But those two seem to be two that actually kind of work. There's a lot out there, but those are the two that people like. Yeah, because I don't think they've helped at all. I've switched. I've switched all my notifications off on my on my computer and on my phone now completely. No, no, you know, okay. I, wow. it, it's it's in my i I check it when I want to. I don't check it when it wants me to check it. Do you know? That's a powerful. Yeah. That's a powerful notion, John. You've you've accomplished. You've really achieved something there because. Yeah then you're in control, right? Yeah. I mean, and we say with email return, we think we're supposed to, you know, I've got a lot of clients, you know, I usually work with presidents and universities and, yeah. you know, the chiefs of staff call me, oh, Pat, and I said, listen, I'm not standing by my computer waiting for your email. Yeah. I, I will answer my email about eight o'clock in the morning, around 12 in the afternoon at five at night time. Yeah. So you yeah. almost have to train them that says, I'm not here looking for your email. I'm probably on a plane or in a taxi someplace. Yeah. But if it's pinging and ponging at you, it, there yes. is kind of like that little, it's that, it's that temptation, isn't it? Just to go and have a yep. quick look to see what it is. So I've switched that off and there's no temptation. Got that's great. No, no, yeah. that's, that's really disciplined. Obviously, you're yeah. very productive. Yeah. Well, hmm. get in there slowly. I think it's a, it's a never-ending struggle. Yeah, I've gotten better the last 10 years. The first 30 or 40 were tough. It's the same old thing, isn't it? When you get old, you suddenly realise what you've been doing wrong for the last 30 years. And then you think, God, I wish I could go back 30 years ago knowing what I know now. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, it is what it is. The third question that I ask everybody, and I've got to ask you this one, because this, 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 what is your secret procrastination? Oh, my secret, I talked about a little bit earlier. I always procrastinate around the income tax and the invoices. Right. Because there's so many details. And, and it's boring. It's accounting, isn't it? It's boring. It's, it's, exactly. It's boring. So that's where the rewards come in. And I reward myself. If I'm doing an invoice, I do have yeah. something set up. And I live in a nice little town. We have a Starbucks here. I might go down for a latte, come back and do something else. So 
I have a lot of control over my schedule. I can say yes and no to a lot of things because yeah, you know yeah. it's my company. Yeah. But it's uh, but yeah, I think that that's that's a very good strategy. Yeah. What do you find yourself doing instead of the you know the accounts? Well, I find that if I I I, I do the stock market, right. Um, and that's very addictive because yes. uh, you're making money that day. You feel like a million dollars and a genius, and then you yeah. lose the next day and you feel like a dummy. And uh, I have to say, just like you, you did a good job. I check in the morning and I check it in the afternoon. But I, I used to check it all day long, every other hour. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. lord, I made some money. Or, so yeah. that's a that's a that's a, like a secret addiction. Yeah, because there's something happening all the time, isn't there? So you you could oh. there'll be that fear of missing out all the time. Absolutely, FOMO is big. Yeah, fear of yeah, missing yeah. out is really big. Yeah, the big thing to remember for procrastinators is this, John. Starting is the hardest part. Yeah. And any way you can start. And so I'll give you a quick example. So I walk 10,000 steps a day when I'm at home in my home. Yeah. Office. When I'm on the road, it's much more difficult. Yeah. And the night before, what I do is I put my shoes to, uh, on a, in a particular place. I put a jacket. I put my, you know, my walking shorts. Yeah. Everything is organized. I get up, I do a few things, I go to my space, I put everything on, and within about a minute and a half, I'm out the door. Yeah. There's no thinking. It's a yeah. ritual. It, yeah. Before, I'd say, okay, now, where are my shoes? And am I supposed yeah. to, where's the hat that I'm supposed to wear? Do I wear gloves today because it's kind of cold? You do that, you say, well, let me go, ha- go and have a cup of coffee instead of doing this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a little practice, a little ritual can be very powerful. It's starting mm. this the hardest part. It's almost like training yourself, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just training yourself and just I'm, getting started. Now, we do know in the research that if you start, about 80% of the people will continue, not finish. Yeah. Yeah. They'll continue the task. So that's that's a hopeful thing, because usually when you get into the task, you say, well, this is not as horrible as I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose self-awareness comes into it as well to realize what you are doing. And absolutely. One of the things they talk about in the research is mindfulness, really yeah. watching your emotions, being aware of them, not reacting. This task is not going to kill you. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. it's all it is is doing some income tax returns. So just yeah. being aware. They call it emotional surfing. Yeah. Just watching your watching your emotions and not reacting to them. That's what people t- you know, meditation is another thing you can use to neutralize the procrastination habit. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. I could chat for ages about this. I could procrastinate with you for ages over this. <laughs> <laughs> could chew the fat for another three hours and not do any work. <laughs> well, this has been enjoyable. I appreciate it very much. Um, where can we find you? Give, give us your website and your bits again um, so we sure, know where the, we can find it's you. It's my last name, S-A-N-A-G-H-A-N, the Sanahan Group. It's a nice little website. You can communicate with us. And the book is How to Be a Better Procrastinator. And you can buy that on Amazon Books. Fantastic. Brilliant. Patrick, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. John, thank you very much. This was enjoyable. Take care. Thanks again to Patrick for his time. Check the link to his book in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, uh, you can subscribe for more. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, it's everywhere. Uh, Just search for the Triple T Productivity Podcast. Thanks for listening.